Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never even knew you had. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're talking about season 4, episode 9. <laughs> Save Lucifer. Which, according to IMDb, is absolutely and obviously a reference to the 2008 hashtag Save Lucifer campaign. Oh. I'm not on board with this because it is literally within a sentence. I need you to help me to save Lucifer, basically. Yeah, if it had well, been hashtag Save Lucifer or something, then yes. But this way, I'm just saying, no, it just happens to be the same two words. Well, maybe they chose to name it in order to honor the fact, the hashtag. Maybe. 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 This episode, Lucifer's self-hatred turns properly physical. Linda's baby is born, Dan finally faces his issues, and while Mace is the softest we have ever seen her, Eve is the most insensitive prick ever. That is uh, chef's kiss. Perfection. Right? Yeah. Very, very proud. Well, you pretty much handed me my obsession of the week on a silver plate, because... Mine is self-hatred. Self-hate! Yay! Yay! We're doing so well. Which puts us at five of nine. <laughs> so the worst result could be 50-50 for the end of the season. Which is not bad at all. Right? So, mm. Mm. but it was also very, very simple. Yeah. They were I mean, very obvious. Yeah, it was very straightforward. They were very obvious this entire season. This week, for the facts and fun, we have, of course, the basics. Second time director Lisa Demain. Her previous credit was Boo Normal. And she will return Whee. for two more credits. Twelve time writer Joe Henderson returns. Previous, yes. The previous credit was Everything's Okay. Four more are coming. The title, of course, is set by Eve, putting us at six out of nine for Lucifer. It's time for Previously on Lucifer. Ella gets a call about the Tyrion case. Dan tries to distract her by being the biggest arsehole ever. He also challenges Mace, who was on a fake date with Eve. Lucy breaks up with Eve, but she doesn't take it very well. Lucy has bat wings instead of angel wings. Ames has a really bad experience with humans and doesn't trust his child to grow up amongst them. And Mace and Linda are really good friends. Perfect description. Also, still in my brain. Can't you zhush them up? Such a great word. <laughs> yeah. The episode has a proper open call to open. We are with people that we don't know. We have no idea what's about to happen. And then this wonderful sentence, they like to pop in, is being said. And the garage door opens. And yes, they did pop in. Dead body and a potential, but in my opinion, a very unlikely murderer is shown. I mean, some might say that they like to drop there. Wow. No? Yeah. <laughs> I was very aware of the potential fact that this poor woman must be so sick of people talking about her amazing twin older sisters. But she genuinely seemed to be happy to be part of the business, which is what confused me. And I did have like a little nagging feeling of remembering that she's the killer from the beginning but I was just like impossible she is so lovely yeah well and here we go <laughs> so we're in the precinct and aside from the fact that I did not expect Lucifer to just come into work my very first thought was what the fuck is Chloe wearing around her neck same same I wasn't gonna call it out that way I was just more of a that's an interesting choice, Chloe. I don't think I've ever seen you wear such a thing. I get that we need it later in the episode, but I was so thankful when later on it gets called out at being utterly atrocious. Yeah. It's a, as we call it, the Chekhov scarf, right? Basically. And of course, Lucifer being his usual obnoxious self is, yeah, I had an epiphany. I hate myself. Everything's perfect. And poor Chloe trying to explain like Lucifer dude no this That's is not how it works this is not how it's supposed to be because hating yourself or realizing that you think you hate yourself is not the end of your journey it's one step on your journey yeah I mean it's a big step not gonna lie there's another little bit that I want to shout out 
it's Chloe offering to have a conversation about the happenings of the previous night because clearly she has thought about it and clearly she wants to make sure that Lucifer doesn't feel obligated to be somebody who is not when he's around her. You know, it feels like she wants to have a chat and solve this happenings that happened last night. But Lucifer is having none of it. To me, it feels like she is trying to stop his downward spiral because he is getting more and more unpredictable and difficult to handle. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I have come to appreciate Chloe, but I don't think all her motivation is selfless or good. (laughs) I think that she has been such a champion for Lucifer in the last bunch of episodes. This is the reason why I approached it from this angle. Because she's been the one for the last couple of episodes who was trying to be there for him no matter what. Trying to show him that she's his friend, that he doesn't have to be what he thinks he is, stuff like that. Which obviously was part of the issue, but you know. Exactly, which is why I don't have... Have a as positive read on her behavior in the last few episodes as you do because she still is putting a lot of pressure on Lucifer which is what he told her at the end of last episode yeah so I would not call her a champion for Lucifer she believes he can do better than he is doing which is not helpful and- this is where we disagree because I think that having somebody in your corner regardless like yes it can be putting pressure on yourself but also it can be very very helpful yes in general you are absolutely right in this relationship I do not agree But of course, the theme of the episode gets started here. We have the first demonstration of physical effect for Lucifer's body with his unconscious influence. Mm -hmm. And of course, Ella has an ointment for that. I was not surprised. (laughs) Me neither. I was just very amused. It just made me very happy to see Ella noticing immediately... I'm just going to get this out of the way probably right now. Ella is the best in this episode regarding every single other character and she does not get enough credit by anybody. And that's going to be a bit of a grating thing for me in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. We go over to Linda and Maze's place because Maze lives there now. I thought it was very, very cute that Eve went to Maze for breakup consolation Mm. because they didn't spend that much time together, but obviously... They connected. Eve didn't have that many options where she could go to. Yeah, they connected anyway. But most importantly to me, Maze is demonstrating that she is an amazing friend, which is kind of refreshing because we've only seen Maze in her usual demoness behavior. And while she is friends with Trixie and she is friends with Linda, these interactions are very, very different. And this is one of the few interactions where her friendship comes not through the lens of and she's also a demon but also this is just classic best friend behavior which is awesome and I really appreciated more time for Mace to shine yay but now it's time to see some dead bodies and we get a song a first song of the episode by Tall Days called All In My Way my first thought of the sea was Lucifer you really should put gloves on and he goes beelines to the evidence gloves and puts them on and I was just like nice smart yeah smart 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 there is this thing that happens the first moment he has a conversation with Chloe Chloe pulls a lucifer on him where he is about to tell her what's happening or that there is an issue and she completely assumes that there's something else and that it has to do with the conversation they had last night and just completely rolls over lucifer trying to tell her something which is normally something lucifer does and he delivers a perfect reply to her worryings all my self-hatred is also self-inflicted yeah (sighs) this is a good writing i just really love all the conversations and everything that's happening there we go over to ella and she cannot not do a hammer time reference (laughs) it's so good i love her sense of humor And while we, of course, have our usual conversation, a motorbike approaches with two riders on it. And we have another song as they approach called Work It by Madison. And oh boy, please, work it. They do work it. They get off the bike. They take off the helmets. And yeah. Eve is now dressed in Mezzakine-appropriate clothing. Mm -hmm. Still, Mezzakine looks so much 
better, I'm sorry to say. The outfit Mace wears is just giving me life, I have to say. Again, Eve is wearing red, by the way, so there is a hundred percent some sort of a symbolics behind that. Probably. We learn that Eve is now a bounty hunter because she has a natural talent for hunting bounties. And she is working together with Mace. Which nobody really bats that much an eye at. It does not at all, of course, have the desired effect on Lucifer. Not only because Lucifer, he's just not that into her, but also he's really, really preoccupied with something else. Mm. I was so grateful that Lucifer basically in Instantly grabs Chloe, drags her into the house and goes like, hey, we need to talk. There is an issue. Yeah, yeah. I have to say about Eve, I am quite proud of her in this moment because she really does hold it together. And I just wish it was real. I really do because I want better for her. I want her to be herself. I want her to take care of her instead of fixating on being somebody else in order to please other people, which is something that she's been doing her entire life or existence and it's just not a way to live. Yeah, but she has not even been broken up with for 24 hours. So oh no, of course. Give of the girl course. some slack. Oh no, no, no. This is not a complaint. It's more of a wishful thinking from my side. I just really wish for her. The same way as Lucifer says later on, I just want her to be happy, you know? Because if she is happy, she's not being a little bitch to other people. I don't see her as being a bitch to other people in this episode. I'm just gonna not engage on the Eve level. That's, let's just move on, yeah. Because we obviously see it completely different, so. Yes, as you said, said Lucifer grabs Chloe by the elbow and drags her inside of the house to show her what's happening and I was so happy about the communication. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lucifer talking to Chloe immediately about there being an issue and sharing. This is good. This is positive. Thumbs up. I was very proud of him, but her reaction, I'm sure it will go away in no time, left me a bit disappointed because it is incredibly naive and non-helpful. I mean, I think that she was just trying to calm him down a little bit, but that feels like a natural reaction to me. That, you know, it's gonna be okay. You know, it's it's gonna be fine. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. When Lucifer describes it as it's spreading, I can't and I have to say, dude, spreading is not really the word. It's way too weak. This is not spreading. This <laughs> is taking over. Ooh, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but also, sp- yeah. And of course, at the end of the scene, we get the title card. Dun, dun, dun. About what, eight and a half minutes in? So uh, average... Exactly. Eight minutes, 32 seconds. Very good. Look at me remembering random numbers. Now, after the title card, we follow Lucifer to Linda's office because clearly he is upset about this situation and clearly he knows that this has something to do with his psyche. Again, kudos to Lucifer for trying to solve it on the correct level because he is clearly upset and he clearly wants to, as you said, in a typical Lucifer fashion, deal with everything immediately. On the other hand, I've written down. (laughs) I am intrigued at this moment how far this is going to go if he's not going to figure it out. (laughs) I'm sorry. To me, it became very clear very early on that this was going to have to go as bad as possible for him to be able to get over it in quotation marks. Snap out of it. Because I read this body transformation as basically a metaphor. It has to get really, really bad before it can get better. Mm. And so to me, it was very, very clear that he was going to have to go full devil to even have a chance to get out of it again. So Mm, that was very, very clear to me in the parallel. Linda starts getting Braxton Hicks contractions, which I assumed that she was going to go into labor right there and then. Same. They got me. Because I expected it to happen there. And when it happens at the end, I was like, oh no, this is just going to be, oh no, no, it's actually it. So they got me. Mm, Indeed, they did. Then Linda says, if you really hate yourself, you need to figure out why. And Lucifer seems very surprised about the next step. He just gives her this look like, why would I do that? Which amused me. I think she phrases it very, very well because I think she goes, why you think you hate yourself? Because he thinks he hates himself and I don't think that she believes that he actually hates himself. And so Linda is doing an amazing job in this episode. She is incredible. Just brilliance. Very proud of her. Very much adore it. And I know I keep repeating myself, but I really appreciate her 
more direct approach to therapy that she is now using, not just with Lucifer, but also later in the episode with Dan. Yeah. Because this is this is helping people more directly. Yeah, I mean, she definitely evolved as a therapist. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some clients are not a good match for this type of therapy approach. But the people she is interacting with at the moment, yeah. Uh, for sure. Lucifer is currently a little bit in hell with all this transformation, which is my uh, segue into the song name that is coming up next by David Lunning in Hell I Am. Wow. I know. <laughs> and with the music we go over to the precinct and Lucifer goes to no other than Daniel because he needs someone who confirmed explicitly that they hate him. He needs help figuring out which parts of him he is not aware of that are worth hating. Mm. It's not a bad move in theory. Lucifer is behaving surprisingly competent. And mature. Well, no, that would be too strong. Not mature. <laughs> yeah, I would even go for mature, especially compared to his usual behavior. Compared to his usual, for sure. I also do wonder if Lucifer somehow or subconsciously knew that Dan also is so, so deep in a self-hatred spiral, which made Dan on two levels the perfect person to approach mm. when it comes to this topic. Yeah, we get a bit of a thing where... He pushes Daniel about the hatred stuff and Dan says it's your fault or like I'm paraphrasing here. It's your fault that Charlotte is dead. And Lucifer says, hate me for the real stuff. Don't hate me for things that have nothing to do with me. And I think this is the first kick to Dan that helps motivating him with other things that happen a little bit later on into figuring out what is happening within him. So uh, even though it kind of felt not fairly helpful at the time, I think it's a little bit of a setup for the later on happenings in the episode for both Dan and Lucifer. But I also do feel that indirectly it helps both of them. Yeah, for sure. So well done, well set up, but now we go into the actual case and I feel like this is by far the most explicit, let's use the case to solve my personal problems, Lucifer as a show and Lucifer as a character has <laughs> done so far. Yeah. My actual note right now reads, way to get Lucifer motivated about a case, make it about him. So, well said. I don't really have anything else on this scene. Same. This is just moving on with the case a little bit. So, I want to move to the next scene, which I have called Strike a Pose. <laughs> and it starts us off with a song called Light That Fuse by Music Beyond. We have a lot of Eve and Mace interaction in here and this is the first moment where I clocked Eve as being cruel. Mm -hmm. Inadvertently, cruel. yes, but the thing is, in the first scene, she's insensitive. Here, I feel she's cruel. Mm. She's escalating. While I understand that, of course, Mace is dealing with new emotions because I don't think she ever was that into another person. Mm. I felt bad for her, but also I kind of expected her to be more straightforward. Yeah. And direct in her verbalizing. Yeah. Mace never struck me as the person to not verbalize. She's she's the one telling you everything, no filter. So I get why we're doing it this way. It did feel a bit out of character for me, to me. I agree. It felt like it was a change in character that was undeserved. It feels like it was a bit of a too big of a jump from yeah. uh, I'm gonna have a fake date to suddenly I don't know how to behave around this person. Obviously, within this entire scene, we learned that the twin did not kill the twin. Who could have seen this coming? <sighs> Shocker. Eve is completely overplaying the entire scenario and scene and setup. Yep. While on the one hand, it's entertaining and hilarious. On the other, this is bordering on the cringe stuff that I do not like. Mm -hmm. So I very, very much hope that this would not continue on too long. Yeah. 
There is a lot of back and forth. I really like the setup where Mace is sitting by the table and she is staring at Eve. Chloe is kind of checking on Lucifer and they're both having the interaction with the accountant at the same time while Lucifer and Eve are chatting to each other, which it feels like nobody is really focusing on the person that they're talking to. They're supposed to, yeah. Luckily, though, Chloe is paying enough attention and finally we get a use for the scarf. The atrocity. Where she notices from very far away that Lucifer's back is turning. She uses the scar to cover it up. Which is very cute. Which is very cute. Also, obviously, since Lucifer is having a conversation with Eve at that stage, Eve takes it completely the wrong way, as expected. And she starts to be jealous of Chloe even more than she was ever before. Which brings us to what she's gonna do next. But before that, we go over to Linda. Amenadiel has some great ideas for baby names. Zoriel, Ezekiel, Esmordiel, Jack. I talk about those names in my Devils in the Details this week. So if you want to know more about this, check it out. Yeah, he mentions in this scene that these names are mainstream in the Silver City. Linda shoots back. Yes, but this is not where he's going to be growing up, though, is it? And the look that he has, he flat out lies. Ah. And I wasn't 100% sure if that was his intention because he seems like, you're right. You know, you're right, actually. I should stop thinking about this the way I am. But also you could get the little hint of deceive and I just ah, I just wasn't very happy with that approach also it's not like there aren't less obnoxious potential angel names that you can give a baby so I was very surprised in fairness though they are even more obnoxious names angel names out there so you know I guess not the worst but definitely not the best I found it hilarious, but we'll see how they go. And I do enjoy where they end up with. We go over to the precinct. Surprise! It is not Chloe at the desk. No, no, it is Eve. Wow. And wow, this is working for me. It is super creepy and it is super wrong, but they should have done this back when they were together for some fun role playing. Uh, Yeah. I don't think she'd be super happy about that if Lucifer would have suggested it. But you remember, do you remember? Remember when we talked about the double-decker? Yes, and May is getting Chloe's stand-ins for Lucifer and everything, but none were as close as Eve got within this scene. So, what a wasted opportunity, my Hmm. dear Lucifer. What a wasted opportunity. Not to mention this is the moment where I wrote down that we are dropping the entire I can be myself because of you. That Eve was fancying, fancying. That Eve was um, telling him in previous episodes, you know, where she was encouraging him to be himself while saying, oh, you are the one who let me be myself and whatever, because this is a complete 180 from that. Eve has never been single in her entire life. Mm -hmm. She needs to. She needs to work on herself. Yeah, but she has no concept for not being with someone. Yeah, true. We move into the interrogation room and Lucifer crashes basically the interrogation, blaming the twin who, of course, didn't do it, but instead is crying her eyes out because she found her dead sister and she picked up the murder weapon. Idiot woman, why would you do that? They say that it's a first instinct that you would do, is that you you pick it up. Or, you know, the same way as you start touching the body because, you know, like the first instinct would be to do something. Touching a body, I understand. Touching the weapon, I don't. But I have never found a dead body with a murder weapon next to it, so I don't know how I would react. Yeah. Hopefully not by touching the murder weapon. <laughs> don't judge, Lena, okay? Until, not until you murder somebody yourself. Hell yes, I'm gonna judge fictional characters. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. While the interrogation happens... Way more importantly. Exactly. I was just going to say, why are you hung up on uh, the stupid case of the week when we have the eyes of fire? This is where they lost me a bit with the CGI. Really? I was loving it. It works for a short moment, but it does not work in constant active mode on. Mm. I mean, of course, this is complaining on a very, very high level. (laughs) But most importantly, during all of this, what is happening is that Lucifer's eyes turn, Chloe notices, and is so not suave when she goes like, look at this! And And she smacks him in the face. (laughs) The fucking file into his face 
face. Oh, he's just tired. He didn't sleep. That's why he has red eyes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works, but okay. At this point, it was the last obvious bit to me. Like, okay, we're going for full devil form. Mm-hmm. And then we pop downstairs into the car park. The first thing I have written down is the weirdest allies are groomed by necessity because we get Dan and Mace having a conversation about feelings and about regrets and stuff. I am really good with the two of them being this close. I really like it. To quote Daniel in what he said to Mace, I never seen you look at anyone the way you look at her. Like you weren't thinking about stabbing them and it's like the cutest thing this is like the most the the nicest way mace can ever look at anybody as far as we know and it's just beautiful and cute i absolutely adore dan's reaction he is so quick to pull the gun and flip around in the front seat slide over to the other side and level Mm. the gun at her head good boy dan good good boy Dan. Yeah. Their quipping with each other is very entertaining with air in the car. I did not expect Dan to apologize for his drunk behavior in the bar. Hmm. You could tell that the, what Lucifer told him is getting to him. Also, I think he's reacting to suddenly having a very atypical mace in his mm. car. And so we have these two classic characters who tend to lash out, suddenly stuck with each other in a very small space and verbalizing, talking, relating with each other. And it's very, very sweet. And I was very much here for it. Of course, seize the day, grand gesture and what you got to lose. Dude, your dignity, your sense of self-worth, and oh, you're fucking hard, but it's completely fine. Just tell her to do a grand gesture. It's all gonna work out. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's way better to take the step and end up hurt now than for her to being hung up on Eve for a oh, yeah, longer still. period of time. Also, he brings up this one thing about Charlotte which made me believe that he is blaming himself for not being with her earlier. Yeah, he literally says that. Yeah, I didn't write it down as a quote so that's why I wasn't sure what exactly he said but he blames himself for waiting and I in this moment was convinced that this is at least partially the reason why he is so angry and why is he hating on Lucifer specifically that much. Lucifer is the easiest and most obvious target. Exactly. (laughs) But enough, sadly, with the garage. We have to go back into the regular precinct. And in my opinion, Lucifer should just go the fuck home. Yeah. I was wondering if he could still do his desire thing with the sunglasses on or if we were gonna have to find a way around this. And in the end, we do find a way around this because his mojo simply starts going haywire. Mm -hmm. But that was a curious moment with the, oh, wait a moment. Now he's wearing a sunglass. (laughs) Super cop Chloe does her fucking job amazingly because even with all the bullshit going on and even with Eve literally cosplaying Chloe, she is still willing to listen to Eve, consider it and then give her the props that this might actually work, that this is a good plan. Mm. So once again, I have to say Chloe is much better than she has any right to be. (laughs) But it fits, so I'm okay yeah. with it. You can clearly see that this situation is extremely confusing to Lucifer. And it's very, very funny to me. It's like, that it is. Sure, thank you, detective. Ah, uh, top shelf comedy there. But of course, Eve does this little happy dance when Chloe and Lucifer go away. And this is, I think, the naivest moment of Eve that she truly thinks that this is going to make a difference, that this is going to change anything Mm -hmm. and this escalates of course later on in Lux but I feel like this is the pinnacle of the normal denial part that she goes to because after Lux she goes into complete meltdown territory and then we are so 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 far of any reasonable proper way how to deal with a breakup or unrequited love or anything but I feel like this is the climax of her denial in relation to reality yeah Mm -hmm. but it is time for the party so we go to get ready into the penthouse first of all Chloe looks hot as fuck holy shit she looks so 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 fucking good i was yeah blown away 
second of all, Lucifer and his glowing eyes work really well for me as well. I know that you already expressed your opinion on that, but at this moment, smoking hot Chloe and smoking eyes Lucifer is just oh, working really well for me. He calls himself Stevie Wonder on a snow day, which not untrue and made me very amused. We get confirmation in the scene that Lucifer has had never had any of these transformations happen to him before. He never had devil wings. He never had his body change in any of this or similar fashion. And this was something that I had wondered in the past. So I really appreciated that this is now confirmed that no, this is a first time happening. Yeah. And of course, Chloe continues in being the best cop, the best friend and super in all the regards because she set up the party as a masquerade. So smart. To give Lucifer a way of attending and then figuring it out. Of course, catching a murderer within a masquerade kind of makes her work harder than it needs be. But she also wants Lucifer there. So this is literally the only option that she has. And I am here for it. Yeah. One more thing I point out before we go back downstairs into Lux and that is if you look at Chloe when she talks to Lucifer there is a shadow of fear in her eyes which again kind of good that she seems to be dealing fairly well with the whole transformation she is definitely dealing better than Lucifer but he doesn't look all that bad yet yeah but you know he has the hands and he has the things so it would be easy for her to be scared but she's not Yeah, but all the problematic parts are covered up, basically, except the glowing eyes. So I don't want to diminish her non-reaction, but it's no devil face yet. I'm not surprised that she is capable of having no reaction to it, you know? I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. I just felt like it needed to be pointed out. As we head to Lux and to the party, of course, we get a song, at least the first one of this scene, called Wanted by Emmett Fenn. Of course, the song is called Wanted. Oh, wow. Not wanted. Want it. Oh, still matches. Still matches. Because we have the conversation between Lucifer and Eve. Lucifer asks this question of, why don't you hate me? Mm-hmm. This is really the point where the emotional way of this episode starts hitting home for me Mm. because Lucifer is so incredibly sure that he is utterly undeserving of love. Not only should Eve not love him, but she should hate him. It's one step worse. It's not just are you not deserving of love, but you are only deserving of hate. This is where my heart started aching for him. Up to this point, I was like, okay, dude, yeah, you have your self-actualization and this is gonna go and you're gonna turn into the full-on devil and yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. But this is the moment where I was like, okay, wait, this is actually sad. Mm. I'm sorry, Lucifer. This actually sucks and I'm sorry you have to go through this, but I hope it's not going to be too long. However, in this speech, he, in my opinion, manages to shatter a little bit more of his denial because he says, I knew all along this was not going to help. Deep down, I knew this was not going to help or something in that sense. He says this was not going to work. Oh, sorry. Did I say something else? Help. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I wrote it down wrong. No worries. Him realizing that he knew all along, even though he didn't know it at the time that he knows is another part of the denial broken and I am very proud of him that he is really really trying to work on what is happening to him so he has a desire his desire currently is to get better not yet but yes It's on the way. Because this is, in my opinion, what triggers the change. The moment he has the desire to change his self-perception is when the transformation is undone. While this conversation is happening, of course, Mace, my poor baby, she has a horrible idea at the worst possible timing. What a timing, yeah. I felt so bad for her because it was so, so clear to me that this was not going to work. So I did not want her to do this because I knew it was going to hurt her more. Yeah. But it was also clear that it has to happen. She has to hurt as much to then realize what really are the possibilities and the options that she has. To tell our listeners who definitely watch this and definitely know anyway and watched it recently because everybody's watching along with us, just to make sure that you all know which song we are talking about, Mace, aka Leslie Unbrand, is currently performing Wonderwall by Oasis originally. And the performance that she gives is one of the most beautiful versions of Wonderwall I have ever heard. And believe me, I have heard a lot of versions. <laughs> <laughs> to 
briefly go back to Leslie Umbrand's performance. It's just so incredible. And you can tell that she really knows how to sing. She can hear music. And what makes me so <laughs> happy also is that you can hear a, just a tiny little hint of her original accent when she sings, which makes it so endearing and beautiful to me. This is genuinely one of my favorite songs on the Lucifer album. Which surprises me because I agree with you. This song is so fucking overplayed. And when I realized that this is the song she chose, I was like, oh no, really? And then the song works and it's beautiful. And I did yeah. not expect Wonderwall to work like this. Yeah. So she performs it and there is a lot of emotion in it. At first, it seems that Eve is vibing. She is buying what Mace is selling. And then it turns out that she is not. And I was so upset. And I officially have written down that I'm on team fuck Eve because please nobody hurts Maze like that please this is where I call Eve an idiot child yeah I wanted to smug her in her face Ugh. shake her grab her by the shoulders and shake her until everything rattles where it belongs and she finally is up. able and willing to grasp what she is missing and no I don't expect her to instantly fall in love with Mace this is not what it's I not would that, want though. or what I would like to see or expect or whatever but Eve in the past season has been many things but never dense or stupid. Yes. And yes, I get that emotions make you different and yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. I get all of this and I get the trope and I get the what we're going for here. And I also understand that it's necessary for the complete spiraling that is going to happen soon. But I feel because I have come to like Eve a lot more on this watch, I take much more issue with the disservice they are doing her here than I did on the original watch. Because on the first time watching, I already hated Eve. So it matched perfectly that she is a stupid, cruel, idiot child hurting my favorite character back then. And so I, everything fit together. And this time I'm like, no, no. So I am way more emotionally involved in this than I was on the first watch through. Mm. I have more opinions and more issues with this. Yeah. As per usual. <laughs> As per usual. <sighs> but let's run away from that because we have some more hers to go through. We go to one of my favorite things. It's simultaneously one of my favorite and least favorite scenes in this episode. Okay. Main thing about this scene is done for me. This is what I was waiting for. The things that he says in this scene, when I was demanding explanation and requiring that we finally get to understand what is happening in his head, this is what I had in mind. This gave me a complete satisfaction about his behavior thus far. He hates Lucifer because he hates himself. He hates Lucifer because in his eyes he gets away with everything, but so does he. And this issue, he says, I get away with everything. Why? This goes back to Palmetto case. He yep. never have been brought up to justice or anything like that about anything. Not really. He was demoted a little bit, but we talked about it when it happened. It just wasn't enough of a punishment and this just built up within him over the time and now I finally see where all this hatred and desire for punishment is coming from and thank you thank you Joe for giving me the satisfaction that I needed about this character I agree with everything you said uh, I'm also really appreciative that we explicitly call back to Trixie being in danger mm -hmm. because that got very much glossed over back when it happened. And we talked about that back then. Mm. And so I feel like at this point, there is simply an accumulation of so many things because he is so used to his general self-hatred that that in itself would not be enough to bring him over the edge and finally have him then get help in the next scene we see him. But Trixie being in danger, Charlotte dying, the confrontation with Lucifer, and of course, the whole Tiernan business and Ella covering it up 
for him and still standing by his side. Someone as good and pure and decent as he perceives Ella to be. Even though he treated her the way he treated her last episode and she clearly knows that that move that he made on her in the room. Closet thingy, yeah. Closet thingy. Even though she is smart enough to know that this was the reason why he made a move on her, she still chooses to help him because she can see that he is in pain. The fact that he doesn't see that she is in pain is another matter, but she is a very good person and she's a very good friend and he just can't handle that at the minute. This whole escalation happens, Dan storms out and I only have to say maybe Ella should listen to herself and also get some help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Preach water, know. drink wine. We go over to Lux and apparently there is no song this time, which I did not expect. There probably is a song, but it has not been identified. We get a mention of Kinley, which is, I believe this is the second time. I know that Chloe mentioned him in the penthouse that she's getting him brought over to the precinct because he might have some answers about the prophecy. He's being transferred. And so we are up in Lux. This is now confirmation that we have a permanent devil face situation Mm -hmm. going on. Wowza! We also learn that Kinley got out, which of course he did. It's classic Kinley. Now, this is the worst day in Lucifer's life. Everything has to be even more bad or more fucked up. Everything that can go wrong is gonna go wrong today. And even things that should not be possible to go wrong are going wrong. Kinley got out, shit's gonna get fucked. With this information, we transition over to Kinley. Why would they go to Linda? Why poor Linda's place? Yeah, I have very many questions. For one, where the fuck is Linda? Because it feels like it's the middle of the night and she should be in bed because she's very pregnant and she needs some rest. She got an emergency call. That we find out later on, but this was my first question at the time. What the fuck, Eve? is my second question. What are you doing? Yeah, why? Because this just feels very... I mean, I understand it when she says, well, you know, Lucifer is worried about the prophecies, so this means that we need to learn more about prophecy and who is better to be asked than the person that Lucifer wanted to talk to about the prophecy, you know? So in some twisted way, it makes sense. It's so stupid. Go into the scene with all caps. Why the fuck would Eve do this? This is not going to work. I hate this yaddy 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 because this is a continuation of her behaving more stupid than the character has been set up so far but of course the interaction between Kinley and Eve gives me some gold because (laughs) when Kinley goes I of course know of the demon Mazikeen but who are you my child and she goes I'm Eve of course Lucifer's first love, the original sinner. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you really know your lore. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I was like, get off your high horse, Kinley. Fuck you. He's a fanatic. He only has high horses. Also, what horse? (laughs) I was going to sing high horses, but then you completely threw me off. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. See, I'm switching up the distracting. (laughs) No, but I really, really enjoyed Kinley and Eve interacting. But I agree completely with you. Mace being there felt weird and off. Mm, And I am very, very thankful that the next Kinley scene actually resolves this. Yes, yes. I was basically screaming at her in the next scene. But we're going to get there when we get there. Before we can scream at Mace about Eve and stuff, we have to go back to Lux. So, of course, now permanent devil face was just the first step we now have permanent desire power which fucking amazing this part i did not expect like i said i expected early on for him to do the full body transformation we see later on i completely forgot that duh what about the desire power because in my brain the desire power is not connected to his devilness Mm -hmm. but to his angelness of course in retrospect it makes perfect sense because the devilness is part of the angelness and so the desire has to somehow work in there but they got me and I really really enjoy how they set up the scene with everyone flocking to Mm -hmm. him and just randomly confessing Mm -hmm. 
And to stop my gushing with the last final thing, I have to point out fucking amazing Chloe. Because while she pushes Lucifer through this crowd of confessional people, she catches the one relevant confession, grabs that person, not knowing who that is. She just grabs that person with the useful confession and gets all three of them into the elevator. Super cop Chloe is on the job and she knows what the fuck she's doing doing yeah this was actually so good very funny because she literally says your problems are far more important right now let's just fuck the case pretty much obviously she doesn't say fuck because you know it's chloe but you know she's just like no let's not focus on the case because this is a bust anyway let's focus on you because you're far more important anyway and then she solves the case in the meantime just you know ah, on the go ah actually this person might be relevant let's just wrap this up so we can it's like a hot dog on the go it's so good and then we get the revelation in the elevator that it's the younger sister Beth which was surprising to me as well she keeps on being fucking super cop Chloe because the mojo is still working yeah she uses the still working mojo to interrogate Beth as if she had the power which Mm -hmm. is so fucking hilarious to me I was really 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 there for it this ah so good we go into the next scene that made me lose my shit because Dan is talking and I'm like, is he talking to Linda? Yes, he is talking to Linda. Finally, he's talking to Dan. Yay! This is a confirmation that Linda is the single one therapist in the entirety of LA. She's the only one he can call on this short notice and this late at night. Yeah, so. absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah, your explanation makes sense. I just found it funny that, like, literally, it feels like there is no other therapist in the city of Los Angeles. Duh, of course not. This really got to me. This was very emotional. Kevin Alejandro fucking kills this scene. He is incredible, yeah. And my boy Dan is now my bestest being again. He's he's back in my good graces. I love him. This is a good start for me. I'm still I'm still working through my own issues with him. But yes. Dan is back back in the fold. Mm. Bestest boy. He is properly opening up. He is showing vulnerability. He is showing potential. Linda keeps with the more direct approach in therapy, which, in my opinion, also is the best one for Dan. It's the quickest, and anyway. I think not just the quickest, but also the most sensible. Mm. And of course, because they tricked us once, this is the moment where the water breaks and the baby is coming. Yeah, I know. The first, At first, they give us the suggestion of this is happening now. Get ready. And this time, it just came out of nowhere. I was like, what? Oh, it's happening. It's happening. The baby is coming. And with the baby is coming, that's the text message that Mace gets. And this is the last straw for her. I was shouting at my screen, leave, leave, leave. Yes, she finally snaps. And I was so glad because I was so proud of her. It was unbearable because she was hurting herself by staying. And I just can't bear to see that. This was a very unhealthy situation for herself. And it is great that not only did she remove herself from it, but also she goes to people who actually appreciate her. Of course, it is also a very nice parallel with her not going into spiraling, Mm -hmm. Eve going into a complete spiral with torturing and uh, lost island with Lucifer and me and bullshit like that. It's like, girl, what? Not to mention, Mace says quite clearly, this person is a fanatic. I know them. He's not gonna break. There is nothing you can do. Also, she tries to tell Eve that sometimes you have to realize when the person you're into just doesn't see you like that and I'm like yeah Mace listen to yourself and she is she is listening to herself and you can see how much that hurts her the realization the fact that she has to ward it towards the person that she feels that way about it's just so painful but it's so beautiful and I'm proud of her and it's just a mix of emotions and Mace is really really climbing on my appreciation list because the way she is developing, especially over the last couple of episodes, 
episodes. It's giving me life. It's beautiful, it's funny, it's really human, for the lack of words. We go back to the penthouse, and I do not care about Beth. I did not care about Beth, and I will not care about Beth. I only have one note on this scene, and it says, Beth, boring, boring, boring. The thing is, the scene actually has several things that are of interest to me. When Beth says, I ruin everything I touch, is obviously the lesson Lucifer is supposed to take away from our case. As in, it's the bad lesson. Yeah. However, we've heard this so many times already that I didn't really see that as a revelation myself. No, no, it's not a revelation. But like I said earlier, this is the most explicit the show has gone with use the gaze for Lucifer and now we literally spell it out word for word. I ruin everything I touch and then later on Lucifer says, I ruin everything I I touch it's like yeah we've already heard that and of course at the end of this scene we have chloe looking at the devil face and she doesn't flinch and yes. this is where i now am in agreement with what you talked about earlier her not showing fear at his continued transformation because the times before that she has seen the devil face she always had a reaction and now she doesn't and this is progress this is important progress yeah it's as we talked about this already it is part of the easing her up into seeing the actual devil face it definitely helped and I am really glad that it's been written this way because it would be very difficult to continue on with the character development and with the relationship development if they didn't figure out believably for Chloe to deal with the devil face. She can't be afraid of it. She can't be afraid of him. She needs to accept this side of Lucifer if they are going to have any chance of a future together. Exactly. Now there's a song with the hospital scene. Yes, there is a song. It is a second last song of this episode. It is by Regina Price and it's called We Come Together. And they come together indeed. Oh, wow. They are really, really driving it home this episode with the song names. The thing that I have to say is yay for Auntie Mace, yay for Daniel, yay for all of them being there, yay for this entire montage. I'm very happy that Maze made it in time for the actual birth. Yes. And that she wanted to be there, not in order to see a vagina ripping, but the to be there for The gruesomeness, but to hold friend. a hand. Yes. Yeah. That was very, very good. And I think it's a good thing that Dan is the one who brings Linda to the hospital. But I, Because I think that this is something nice and endearing that he did. That puts him a little bit more into good graces again for me. It's a first step of him doing something decent. Yes. He needs the good points for himself. Yeah, exactly. And so, I need him to baby take steps. the good points. We pop back into the penthouse for a short moment. Again, this is a moment where Lucifer is realized in his full devil form. Wings at all! Unfortunately, we do see Chloe with a bit of an unexpected face. Not, not that I not didn't expect her face to look like that, but she really tries hard not to show fear or any negative emotion. Or any reaction. And seriously, wow, impressive props. She does a really good job at it, but it still kind of leaks through a little tiny bit that she is unsettled by this. Right? I, and so. I'm sorry, who wouldn't be exactly? Your potential boyfriend suddenly is a transformer or something. It's like, what? Even if you look at it, it's just, oh, it's a lot. And it's understandable that there's a little bit leaking through. But she does handle it really fucking well, considering. So, yay. Let's go back into the hospital because the baby's here. Happy, happy, happy. Until I'm not. And no wings yet. No wings yet. And then he suggests the name. He explicitly says Charlie after Charlotte. And I'm like... My emotions. My fucking emotions. It's so perfect. And it's it just made me so happy. Because I remembered that they name him Charlie, of course. But I completely I forgot, forgot that why. this is the reasoning. Because, oh my god, this is so the best. Yeah. So, This is so, so, so good. And he goes, well, we still haven't talked about the middle name. And Linda is blissfully asleep after her trials and tribulations. And so he starts talking to his son and he talks about the Silver City. I hope, 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 because I do not 
remember how this is resolved or handled. I hope that Mace overhears this. That Mace will be in the know and that it's going to be Mace to prevent Amenadiel from taking the baby. In to fairness, this is where my brain went to. And the reason for that is that they have an explicit shot of Mace right before the naming moment, standing outside. This is my hope, that she overhears this and that she's going to be the one to make sure that Linda keeps her baby. As I very well put in my notes, Ames, don't you dare, you little shit, don't you dare take him away from Linda. We go back to Kinley, or rather we go back to Linda's home with Kinley. We're still at Linda's house. Linda is going through the worst physical pain a woman can go through while fucking Eve is interrogating a kidnapped priest inside of her house. Eve is completely off the rails thinking about, oh, we go somewhere else, maybe Vegas. Uh Uh-uh, Vegas not an option. Vegas has candy, so fuck off. And candy would fucking put Lucifer in his place and she would make sure that Eve is never gonna do anything to him or to anybody else ever again. So maybe they should go to Vegas. Don't forget everyone likes Eve. Candy would also like Eve. But I feel like Candy is somehow one of the few people in the history of the show who actually sees through bullshit. So if anybody's gonna see through Eve's bullshit, it's gonna be Candy. That would be a curious question, I have to say. Yes. I want... Let's put that on the list. Kinley is his wonderful, horrible self. And he's doing this really, really smartly. Oh, hell yeah. This is a peak Kinley. Peak manipulator Kinley. The moment anyone starts talking to him, he immediately uses it to manipulate them. And let's be honest here, there's no one who's easier manipulated right now than Eve. Although he's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This makes it work even better because he's not even lying. I mean, he doesn't follow through with his own plan in a way. Yeah, because he doesn't trust Eve to play her her part. Yes. And so he is looking for the easy solution which is take Eve out. Which is his undoing. I have to say, seeing Kinley here playing this so smartly and manipulating Eve, using everything at his limited disposal. I'm kind of sad that this is already all of Kinley. Yeah. I know this season only has 10 episodes and I know most of the story has to focus on Lucifer and his evolution and self-awareness and mental state and everything. And of course, our main characters. But Kinley had what? Like three, four episodes in total with this one? Unfortunately, yes. It's a shame. I would have loved more time with Kinley. Yeah. He is one of my favorite villains, but he is severely underused. They talk about hell and Kinley references a warm welcome, which, dude, come on, warm welcome and hell, really? (laughs) But yeah, sometimes we have to go for the low-hanging fruit. Like with the songs. I thought that Eve, when she starts like undoing his shackles, that she was just gonna straight up kill him. That was my assumption because I remembered that she was gonna kill him at this stage. I didn't. But I was like, okay, she's talking, oh, we need someone who's definitely going down there and like who's in the know and everything, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, well, you have the perfect candidate right there. Come on, Eve, just stab the fucker. It felt like it. Yeah, it felt like she is deliberately choosing those words in order to justify it for her herself to kill Kinley. Sadly, she undoes all of his shackles and he directly goes for the throat. But this is where I realized where we are. (laughs) We are at Linda's place. Maze has hidden weapons all over. So Eve is able to pull a weapon from beneath the living room table. Yep. And stabs Kinley the fuck dead. That escalated quickly. Oh, yeah. And I love how she tells him, like, deliver the message. (laughs) He goes, why would I be going to hell? It's like, well. This brings us back to our base question. Kinley does not feel guilty about any of his actions. Well, that's the thing. Does he consciously not feel guilty because he feels like this is for the greater good. He is a fanatic. Yes. I truly believe that he consciously and unconsciously believes every single of his actions was right and necessary and justified and that there is no guilt in his behavior. I don't think that it's necessary for you to be a sociopath, aka not feel emotions the same way as normal people do, to be a fanatic. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. I think that as much as he feels everything he did, 
it was justified and you know just let's say yeah. doesn't necessarily have to mean that he doesn't feel any guilt and that's why i say i truly believe that he neither consciously nor unconsciously is feeling any guilt See, and I disagree with you on that. That's what I'm saying. I think that it's perfectly plausible for him to be feeling guilt. Even if the guilt is about him not being too able to stop the prophecy. Yeah, no. Yeah, this is definitely one of the debates. We can put that as a poll. Do you think that Kinley feels guilty or not? We, of course, also get the title drop in this scene where... And then we go over into the penultimate scene. The very last song of this episode starts to play. Shockingly, the name is The End. Of course it is. It is by none other than... And clergy. Nice! And he was like, what Reaper Close enough. Very close. <laughs> this would have been your song choice if Leslie Ann hadn't been singing in this episode, right? The thing is that I've already covered clergy as my devils in the music. I know, but still. <sighs> but it would definitely be my backup because it is as emotionally as it can be and as sad and destroying and everything. So, Chloe has the fucking self-control of an absolute hero in this scene. I am so impressed with her. Of course, it matches the entire super cop, super mom, super Chloe picture that has been repeatedly drawn about her. So it fits. But still, this is very, very impressive. Yeah. She struggles for the first few seconds, but then she gathers herself and she starts talking at Lucifer and to Lucifer. Handing out some fucking truths. For sure. One of the few things that she says is, I'm not going to let you use me as an excuse to avoid dealing with what is behind all of this. You need to forgive yourself. It's... She more or less literally says, this is not about me, this is about you. Exactly. And that is the point, and that is so on point. Because Lucifer, this is what he's been doing a lot. He's been relaying a lot of what is happening to him with what it's doing to Chloe, which on one hand, understandable because he cares about her so much, but also she is so right. Another thing that I really appreciated in the writing in the scene mm-hmm. is the parallel of basically Lucifer blaming Chloe for something that she cannot control and him being blamed for something that he cannot control. Yes. This was very, very well done. And of course, it's very, very obvious since this is what Chloe uses then to help him realize what is going on in his brain and with the self-actualization and everything. Mm-hmm. But this was very nicely done. Yeah. And we wrap up this moment with he wants to understand. He wants to not hate himself. He wants to stop he, giving himself such yeah. a hard time. He doesn't know how to do it, but he wants to do it. And Simply the wanting, the desire is undoing the bodily transformation. And in my opinion, that is not a coincidence. That his core power is desire and that now his desire of doing this, of being able to do this, is what is the turning point for him? Yeah. Because desire is so deep in the core of Lucifer. I didn't think of it that way, but you're absolutely right that this makes absolute sense. Also, the fact that this is all about the self... Unconscious influence. It's easier to say. It's all about the unconscious influence. The fact that he truly, that he is not lying right now and he truly wants to change it is a first step to figure out how to change it. Yeah. If you're not willing, you will never be able. You might not be able even though you're willing, Mm -hmm. but willing has to be the first step. Exactly. Also, as much as I complained about the CGI with the devil body, I really, really, really enjoyed the effect when he turns human looking again that was really nice it was lovely yeah this interaction ends with the realization of him turning back and the happiness that they have together as in we made it we figured it out the evil will not walk the earth after all we managed to stop it and the happiness and then the cut yeah and i instantly go oh come on lucy don't jinx it instantly Uh, yeah Classic Lucifer thinking that this prophecy was about him, you know. 
Oh, it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. And we go into the last shot, which is like five seconds long or something, if even. Demon Kinley is here. I called him not Kinley. Oh, I call him Demon Exclamation Mark Kinley, like Demon Dean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you, I know where you where you, I know what you're doing. Don't worry. No, I'm reading you. No, 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 no. Awesome. So I'm super curious what Demon Kinley is going to have in store for us. Penultimate episode. Oh my. It felt very Lucifer to have the self-hatred escalate as much and give us a fully realized devil form. I'm curious if his self-hatred and insecurity is going to be properly resolved in season 5, especially since Linda has really taken to the confrontative approach of therapy, which, as I repeatedly have said, is, in my opinion, the best way for Lucifer's issues and Lucifer's approach. Huge props to Chloe. I know I've commented on this in the past, but I have come to like her so, so much more on this watch than I ever thought it possible. The way she's handling Lucifer's devil form, his mental issues, and herself, all at the same fucking time, is nothing short of incredible. I'm also unbelievably happy that Dan, with a very necessary and amazing nudge from Ella, finally went to see Linda. This is the first step to healing, and I cannot wait to have bestest being Dan back in the fold. I mean, for me, he's already back, but Vero needs to come around. <laughs> Speaking of Ella, I am deeply disappointed by the lack of time and interest both the show and other characters have been investing in her. She really is the one character with the least effort put into, and I still have so many questions. This needs to be done better. This needs to be resolved. I still don't care about the baby, but I do hope that Maze will be the one to prevent a deal from taking Charlie to heaven. She needs a win and she deserves a win. Maze and Eve is a ship I did not expect but it does make a certain kind of sense. While Maze falling for Eve feels a bit rushed due to the very few episodes that we have in season 4, I still do buy it and while I do not want to see Maze and this much pain, it also gives us a basis for so much more character development that I actually really appreciate it. Yeah. Eve can go die on a stick though. I was and am very angry with her, but I'm honest, no. I want her to grow into her own person. I want her to realize what she's doing. I want her to not be dependent on her feelings for Lucifer. I want her to be better. I don't want her to go die on a stick. <laughs> what a fucking setup for the finale. Can't wait. The plot thickens. <laughs> I worry for Ella, as mentioned previously, because no one is paying attention to her and no one is actually listening to her. Except for Dan, but it's not enough. Dan is finally facing his anger, and this is what I meant, and we've talked about it in detail as well. When I was asking for a better reason, they finally gave it to me, and I'm very much satisfied with his storyline right now. I love Mace. Mace is really trying hard for herself, and unfortunately, a lot of things are not working out for her right now, so I just want her to be happy, <sighs> because I love Mace. <laughs> and because I love Mace, also, this was a very much last straw for Eve for me. I'm just really, really pissy. She fucked up really badly and the aftermath is not going to be pretty. I have a, That's a wild guess that I'm making right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, to end up on the good things that happen in this episode. So these are Charlie, named after Charlotte, Lucifer starting to actually work through his issues, while Chloe getting over the whole fear thing. But most importantly, Kinley is dead and we know that he went to hell. Yay! Oh, come on! <sighs> Motherfucker can go sit on a cactus and rotate. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch, and hours of bonus content. Yes, Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.